This is a HeadGum Podcast. Oh, is so it? You, you, no, you can sit there, or you can sit here, or there. Where are you going to sit? Wherever, opposite, wherever you sit. Oh, I see. <laughs> I'm just saying you just uh, didn't ask where you... Most, see. most people... Where do they sit, most people? Uh, it's, I think most people have... This seems a little confining. This seems nice, but maybe that's where you should sit. It feels no, like if, if you sit there, and, and I do this, that'd be nice. You want to leave that much space? Uh, well, there's a lot going on here. Well, move it. All right. But I can also sit there, Mark. Where? The, where there, wherever you're comfortable. I'm no, but then sure. I don't have a good angle of you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah, this would be good. All right. Yeah, and then we can lose this, right, guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just scoot that over. Um, as I understand it, yes, these, sir. Uh, what were yeah. the names of these? Mike Arms, whatever? Elgato. Elgato. Yeah, uh, I had one guest who was raving about these mic. I like them. Uh, Thank Elgato. you, guys. All right. Yeah. Um, I think. Silent, yes. Yeah. I, I think I established these mics as the mic to use on podcasts. Well, you let's uh, you know no. No, you no, want to wait. Being to totally serious, you uh, it for reinvented the. the the microphone? Uh, yes. <laughs> You're like the Eddie Van Halen of, of microphones. Because of yeah. yeah. a lot of times you go in, you see these guys with these complicated radio mics, and I always think like, well, you know, I invented something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you say thank you when somebody- Thank you so much. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, something you just said- um, Mike's, Mike's Is it car. happening? Are we doing it? Are um, we, have we eased in? Are you, that's another thing I invented. The uh, the like, oh, we're going. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, we that. are actually. Yeah, that, yeah. You, uh, you yeah, can. That was uh, just, no, they they stole it from me. Well, I didn't. I'm, no, not, I'm not blaming you. Okay, you're new to the game. I'm, you're saying you're you're putting me lumping me in with the they. Sorry. And I did not intentionally steal anything. I'm not familiar with your work. No one stole so, anything, you know. It, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, but you put, you <laughs> truly uh, re, you made a, a podcast, the concept and the idea of a podcast uh, make more sense to a lot of people and make, uh, give it more value i think than it had prior to that i i think what i did i i think you're being diplomatic is i enabled a lot of people to believe that they could do a podcast not at all not at all uh not at all i'm not i truly mean that and i and i think it's a yeah. uh it's it's understood i don't uh, think a, you see, know i just take it as a, like you know i'm to blame <laughs> 
for whatever's happened. It's just like stand-up. You know, yeah. before you did stand-up, yeah. stand-up was pure. Everybody was yeah, who everybody entered was it. doing jokes. Does, yeah, and then yeah, you started, and everybody's like, oh, if any asshole can get up there, I can do <laughs> that's this. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's, that's how I felt for a long time. Well, I think when we started, we had no idea or expectation. So we weren't even, there was no way to make money even. Yeah, yeah. So well, there's still, I mean, you have hard. to be... Top yeah, I mean, that 1%. window is closed, but good timing yeah. on your part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, to be, to be fair, yeah. uh, I had no desire to do podcast. Uh, I didn't, I didn't. And um, in, the, in the naive sense of like, I don't want to spend my time on that. You yeah. know, that's not a thing I want to do. And, yeah. uh, not that I look down on it. I just, and I didn't really listen to them and it just wasn't my thing. So but then during uh, COVID, uh, and at a little, it actually started a little bit before COVID, and then certainly during COVID, the doing press and promotion for a show or a movie or whatever a project you were doing, a lot of it was Zoom. substituted with, oh. uh, uh, yeah, Zoom, but podcast yeah. stuff. And I immediately... Like I would walk out of there going, well, that was fun. I liked that. I enjoyed that. Even yeah. with like strangers who I didn't know, as sure. opposed to, oh, you got to go out to LA and do, uh, you know, you got to do Kimmel and then this. Not, and nothing week. against Kimmel. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I enjoy doing the show, but it's a completely different experience. And yeah. It was instead of talking, you know, doing phoners with, you know, for right. 20 minutes with the yeah. St. Louis dispatch or whatever yeah. it is. Don't give me yeah, shit. Now, now you uh, get to see their Louis, houses but. in their weird rooms. But I, it's a, it's <laughs> like you're having dark, a conversation, uh, and I yeah. I enjoy having a conversation. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, I'm not somebody who pulls punches, or I'm sure. not scared to say a certain thing. So it became I'm prepared, a man. Bring it. <laughs> it became a oh, we are the same way, obviously. But it it, it became a, punches. <laughs> a, a an enjoyable experience and a yeah, way I mean, for. Well, it's part of my. It's like a primary part of my social life. Mm -hmm. I mean, my, you know, if I didn't do a couple interviews a week, you know, I'd be lost and I'd be like old Mark. I'd be, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'd be wandering be around bad. yelling <laughs> at people. No, it, 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 for me to engage with, and also people that I would never expect. I mean, Joan Baez came to my house yeah. last week and it's yeah. like, what? And, and it was, I had to sort of immerse myself in Joan Baez, which, mm -hmm. you know, had its pluses and minuses, but, mm -hmm. but the fact that, I expect myself to have this hour long, at least conversation with these people fully engaged. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's, it's good for the spirit. Yeah. It's a, like a human thing. It's a great thing. I'm, I'm sure your cats are thrilled. You know, they, they don't have to listen to you yelling about stuff anymore. Having a weird relationship with them. I, you know, it keeps dawning on me. Like my girlfriend's got these cats and they're so pleasant and all, every cat I've ever had has been kind of you know, tense and, you know, not that affectionate. And it's Dude, my fault. Of course it's your fault. They're 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 giving what they're taking, Mark. They're I know, not. but it took me years to realize that. I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> but it was, for years it was me going like, why don't I get good cats? Why are my cats right. always nervous? Because <laughs> I in... talk to them like, I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> You got to get us some uh, serotonin. Yeah, I got to. I got to be nicer to the cats, and then once you do the damage, it's all back yeah. backpedaling. But yeah. but yeah, the the talking to people, COVID was intense because I didn't know if I could do it because we were always in person. Yeah, yeah. 
And it makes a big difference to be in person. Huge difference. But we found the right interface. And, you know, eventually, you know, what happened in COVID, which was great, was that we could get people that we would never have gotten because no one had anything to do and they were at home. And there's a couple of interviews that I did during COVID, which are singular. They're they're not going to, they wouldn't have happened and not going to happen. Like to have Jodie Foster sitting at home, basically in her sweatpants without a press entourage or any sort of filter was amazing. And, and it happened with a couple of people. I interviewed Nicole Kidman and it was hilarious because, you know, uh, Keith Urban comes in to fix the computer. I'm like, was that, that was just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people feel that way about COVID. They, uh, uh, some people found it to be a negative experience, but uh, they're, they look at it and go, well, I mean, it worked out for Mark Maron, yeah. you know? And so it's not anyone, all bad. He can do it. If, anyone, it's not all again, bad. Yeah. There was, there's a silver lining to this pandemic. Well, I had to engage with people, didn't, but you had a family, you know, I was out there, you know, on my porch by myself and I did these Instagram lives like almost every day. And I just amassed this amazing new audience of, of lonely middle-aged women, which is, you know, an interesting audience to have. And they come out to clubs now and I, it's a very odd thing you know, I have a good draw, you know, for for uh, for me and for anybody, really. But a lot of them are these people that came during COVID. Yeah. And, I, you know, and I'm constantly worried that I'm going to alienate them. And well, there's part of me that Mark, tries. You can't. You can't worry about that. And also, I don't know you. Well, no, that is. You do worry about that, but you just you don't. It doesn't seem to really affect what you're. No, saying. it doesn't. But you but, do worry about that. But there's that little part of me, and I think you have it too, that there's just a little bit of, um, you know, defying people to like me. I don't really have that. Really? I, I mean, then I. What have you been doing for 20 years? <laughs> uh, I'm not, tr- I'm not. I guess whether you like me, I, I. Maybe it's just pushing. You push. Oh, I definitely push. Well, that's, yeah, for I guess sure. it's a similar but it's thing. It's not about, uh, I mean, I hope. And I, uh, all things being equal, yes, please like me. Yeah. But if you, I built in, you know, I've been doing this for, you know, as long as you have. And I built in the attitude and the chip that yeah. turns where it's like, well, fuck it. All right. Yeah, you know? I have that. But there is something about the pushing that like, you know, when you push where you've pushed a little too far and then you kind of go, okay. Yeah, but I, I mean- I, I'm at right at the very end of this tour, right? Yeah. So I, I had a, uh, uh, I was in Boise. I had a few days off, canceled. Uh, How was Boise? It's great. Yeah. Really great. Yeah. Really, really. Where'd you play? The Egyptian nice. theater. Nice. I don't think yeah. I've ever played Boise. Um, it's, yeah, it's nice. It's a nice uh, uh, little town and it's, um, uh, I enjoyed it. The audience, I've always done well there and uh, recorded the audio portion of the tour there. And um the audio portion as opposed to the video portion? Yes. Two I always, I always, uh, it's what I've always done. I so do. two different, they're two different experiences. Yes. The, the, the I, I always film in the middle of the tour. Yeah. Uh, and then I do the audio at the end of the tour because it's changed. Less fucks given. <laughs> no, no, no. My, my, uh, I'm, you know, very loose and extemporaneous on stage as you know. And I, and so the, the whole act evolves and changes sure. from from yeah. the beginning to the middle to the end. It'll change from first show to second show. Yeah, yeah. you know, and yeah. and you just uh, like halfway through, I realize, uh, you know, and I'm, I don't want to do more than an hour and a half. So as bits grow, and where there was just kind of a uh, one night and you know wherever, yeah. I just uh, tossed off this 
you know, line. And then I was like, oh, there's something there and yeah. kind of build on that. Yeah. And then you got to loot drop bits. Right. So yeah, I mean, we work, we work the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And then so that so I I film in the middle because yeah. I know it's going to be different than the. And I don't go out until I'm like, this is a good set. In the middle, you think it's tighter? Yeah, I get it. Well, it's, uh, yes, it's tighter, but it's still, it's changed because I found some things. Yeah, yeah, Or new things happen. Like uh, in the very beginning of the tour, uh, you know, I had this whole set and, and, and then somewhere kind of right near the middle, uh, uh, the Stop Woke Act, Ron DeSantis' yeah, Stop yeah, yeah. Woke Act yeah. uh, uh, occurred. And then, uh, so they started changing um, textbooks for yeah, kids. Yeah. And I have this thing that I started reading about the changes they made to a, a elementary school text about Rosa Parks. Right. And it's insane. It's insane. It's yeah. crazy. And so that- And it's a new 15. It's a new, well, I wouldn't say 15, but it's a new chunk. Yeah. yeah. And I did it and it works. Yeah. And so that's in the. In the audio, but not on the video. No, that happened right just oh. before the uh, video. So that happened in the video. And then the audio I've expanded and it's tighter and cleaner. In the beginning, I was just sort of riffing stuff. What are you going to do with this uh, video? Uh, well, Netflix passed, so uh, it won't be there. Uh, and I think. So you self-produce the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's ready to go. And they passed. Yes. Um, and you, you could have just said, just put it on. And they still say. <laughs> yes. Well, that, that was sort of, uh, that was, you know, you try not it's to take done. things personally. Uh, and then you see, hey, Pete Holmes has a Netflix special. Uh, and you're like, I, okay. Uh, no. I gave you something. First of all, you don't have as much content as you did. And I gave you a good, it's a good. A freebie. Uh, yeah. And, uh, they said, no, thank you. Uh, my manager <laughs> called me yesterday and was like, Hey, uh, but also. Oh, it's just yesterday. This is yesterday. Yeah. Oh. Um, also. You want to go down there? <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> just, just to pick it. Mark Maron, Dave Cross <laughs> to see Ted Sarandos. <laughs> um, I did, they did the same thing to me. Like I did over the years. Like my last special, the not the last one, the one before that, End Times Fun. Mm-hmm. That's really his best. That's the best I'm going to do. At that, and that was really good, and that was really well received. And but it goes away. But it's received. It was well received, but not in terms of Netflix, right? Because when yes. I go well, back, I had the same, yes, right. So I go back, and uh, you yes. know, I'm looking for a deal for the the last one. Yeah, and they're like, eh, you know, and I had to give them first look, really. Yeah, and they were like, I don't know, and so thank God. Nina over at HBO was like, yeah, like somebody, you know, and I've known her for 25 years. I've never done an HBO special. Mm -hmm. So when they said they would, I was thrilled, you know, because it felt like a curated shop. It's going to get exposure. Yeah. But what the only difference is- And marketing too. It's going to, they're going to push it. And it was great. And and I I love that special. The last two, I don't know if I can do better than that. But the thing about, it's the international thing. Like if you, like the only way people outside of the U.S., can see my last special as if they're on a plane. <laughs> so have you thought just to boost your audience and your numbers of just chartering some flights for folks? Well, that's the, that was going to be my next special. It's only for on-air entertainment. <laughs> yeah. And everything's plane specific. Yeah. Hey, uh, 32F, uh, <laughs> look at you doing Were crowd you? work yeah. that's pre-taped <laughs> that's for people funny. on the plane. That's good. No, I, I was thinking about it yesterday when I hung up the phone and I, you know, I wasn't bummed, but, it's it's hard not to take it personally in a sense, but also it's a business. 
and I just don't do the numbers that uh, Pete Holmes does. So maybe you know, I, you know, maybe, I, I yeah. find that hard to believe. Who the fuck knows? Really, I, I can't. But they, those guys passed on Bob and I's. You know, Bob and I had a uh, an idea that we did a whole, you know, huge eight page outline. Yeah, um, and uh, pitched it around to, and we had four people who are like, yes, bid, bid for it, everything. And Netflix just passed like right. I was like, really? It's an eight episode, uh, not expensive to shoot, uh, you know, a, a story that yeah. takes place. And, uh, and I mean, if they're going to pass on that. But see, I, I, I don't think that there's any way not to take it personally, given that, you know, all they're judging against is this idea of an algorithm or idea of success. Well, so that's some, why I don't take it personally. Well, no, but somebody has to say, like, they're not going to make the numbers. That guy, well, but you they, should take it personally. Okay, but they, it's a roll of the dice. Right, and so maybe, roll it. It's not like you guys don't have fucking history. You're Bob and yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, why not take it personally? I appreciate your zen around it. <laughs> But you're not the Dave I used to know. <laughs> I'm not bitter. I'm not as bitter. No, um, I mean, I get what you're saying. And also, the, there was a disappointment to having something on Netflix, because literally, there's the opening week, and then within that, a week, you can't even find your special. That, like, that is, is it still absolutely on? true. I've talked to other comics about that, yeah. too. Uh, has, has that come up when you've interviewed people? What? Uh, the, the disappearing? The that the, um, and that's a great way to put it, because uh, uh, I've always said it's like... Um, you know, it get you. They don't do a whole lot of press. Work. Zero. You get, yeah, and you get uh, it comes out, and if it doesn't make a big splash, then it disappears. If you're not part of the algorithm, you know? yeah. You, and you, I don't you, even it, understand how that all works. But it, and who's and and, and I, I don't mean this in a in a flip yeah. way. But who is who is going into their search bar? Most people don't even use the search bar and go typing Mark Marin or right. David Crow. They're not. Only people that listen to my podcast or know that we have something out there that are fans yeah. of ours. But the general public, no, I mean- my, Myself of- included. I put on the Netflix button, what's up there? Here's stuff for you. Okay. Oh yeah, I want to see that. And I don't, I'm lazy about yeah. it, but it's designed for laziness. Well, that's why HBO was the better place because it's right there. Sure. And they like, despite what anyone, they're they're starting to do bigger comics again. And also, there's always one amazing show on HBO, so people go to HBO. Sure. So you're there, and it, and again, I think it got well received. But I don't know, I don't know what it all means or how to how to take it all. I mean, you really have to at this point be proud of your work. Yeah. Well, they're not in the uh, as much as you know much noise as they make about it. It's bullshit. They're not in the art business they're in the business business they want to make money and they don't they don't care i uh, truly they look i think most of them i I think think hbo like to like maybe it's just the way i romanticized it but like you know when we were kids coming up it was what we wanted i mean we did i mean i did one of those half hours in like Mm -hmm. 95 but when i was a kid i want to get to that story uh oh with you yeah 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 just I forgot one about of the that. lowest points of my life. Well, it could have oh, been could have was... been one of the lowest points of my life. Oh my god! So oh, go ahead. But uh, but I in my HBO meant something, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So when Nina, they were totally supportive, and that we did a good special, and they you know they got behind it, and I still believe that it, it is a curated place. They make yeah. I, I should amend what I said. I don't. I don't. I think HBO is a little different. I think. I guess. But they are owned. That HBO is sort of part of something else. If now. those folks want to keep their job, as much, they're not in the charitable. Yeah. Let's 
I believe in this comic. Let's really, they don't really do that. I think they still have to do numbers. They still have to. Yeah. And I can't, I can't even think about like the, a lot of these guys are putting their specials on YouTube, on their YouTube channel, which I don't even have one. And if anything, I'm trying to get away from social media platforms. Like I hired a guy to do the TikTok thing. I, I just don't care. But I feel like, oh, we got to have some presence. What is the TikTok thing? Just a, I don't know anything about TikTok. So I hired a guy to post clips of me and, and pull things from my Instagram oh, lives for, or whatever to put it up there. Right. But, but I can't. But clips put, of your performing? Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, usually from specials and from this and that. Oh, I see. But, uh, but I, I can handle. Casey, uh, <laughs> uh, a Google TikTok guy. Uh, I'll give uh, you a name. I'll uh, give you a name. Not, but not Marin's guy. No, he does uh, Jeselnik too. It'll be good. Uh, <laughs> Jeselnik's get Jeselnik's guy, and then uh, we'll uh, yeah. Google and and we'll uh, talk to him about. Uh, yeah, push, putting, I'll I'll make push. a movie and he'll put the movie on. Okay, great. But the thing I'm I'm saying is like I couldn't I I don't have the confidence to uh, to put a, a special on YouTube just self produce because I don't want to see how many people see it. Like, I'd rather someone, you know, just give That's me the money. Thing. What if you hide? What if you put a little piece well, of yeah, tape on you your could, computer? Right. That but it's just covers to see the it number. like, you know, like, oh, well, this really didn't do well. That's interesting. That's interesting. So there's the safety of not ever knowing whether you're. Uh, well, I mean, YouTube, I don't have a presence or... on there, so it's relative to that, you know, and, and some people have great success there. They've made fortunes. Well, but look, that's not my life. I'm, I'm say we're, we're now, now that as we continue this uh, uh, point of discussion, I, it's most likely that I'm going to put it on YouTube because a number of people have passed on the special. They Good. passed, well, they passed on the last. Let me know how that goes. They passed on, I will. They passed on the last special, which uh, I shot during COVID and I didn't tour. I had to cancel the tour. So you put that like, on YouTube? That is on my, my uh, website. So you sold day. it? You charge to people me. that? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. And now, uh, like, now you're just going to free it to the world. Yeah, Put exactly. it on YouTube and see how that goes. I guess Th with this special, right. this is the latest. And then one, you'll yeah. really find out how many I will. people. Well, it's going to go. It's going to be part of something called Veeps. Um, you know Bart Coleman, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that his, his new thing. Yeah, his, yeah, yeah. his the comedy. Oh, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's great. It, yeah. And, and I love Bart. Bart's yeah. a decent stand-up guy. You know, he's a good person. And he's one of those guys. Like when you've been doing stand-up as long as you and I have. You know, years go by and all of a sudden you're like, oh, Bart, what, so you're working in this place now? <laughs> he's one of those guys that's always around. He's always somewhere there. or another. He's he's very nice. Good guy. Um, Fish fan. Mm, uh, you know, yeah. You but know yeah. what? I found out uh, a good friend of mine, a really good friend of mine who I've known for quite a while, uh, one of my neighbors upstate, Yeah, uh, is a dead and company fan. Dead and Co. fan. But not I mean, original Dead? Just Dead and Co.? I mean, look, dude, your best friend was a Dead fan for years. I, but I mean... It, it was... But it was at this late stage of my life to learn <laughs> that this guy, who's like a club guy, gay club, you know, uh -huh. New York club guy, and like... Yeah. What? What? <laughs> it's a weird... It's weird to find that out. And, and he's like, yeah, yeah. And I think and, they like to dance. They just like to go and do whatever the hell yeah, it is they're I'm not... Doing. There's no... Not a real... Judgment I outside judge. of uh, I judge Dave Matthews fans. <laughs> I judge, and 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 it's like, and who am I kidding? I totally judge. Of course, yeah. I I made <laughs> jokes, public jokes about Dave Matthews fans on one of the um, specials. But you know what's so fucked up about it is like he's supposed to be really nice though. Yeah, I know that's the problem. Is that when you're <laughs> when you're when you're in show business, 
And I've learned this lesson many times before. It's very hard to be like a cultural critic of somebody you're probably going to meet. Yeah. You know, and, and it happened many years ago at Sandler. And I imagine maybe it'll happen with Dave. But here was the bad thing was that, you know, I just like, I look at Dave Matthews and I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, it's not, it's got nothing to do with music. But, um, <laughs> but so I, I go to the Willie Nelson 99th birthday or 90th birthday party at the bowl. Someone gets me in because Keith's going to be playing and a guy who uh, on the uh, inside. That, what? It's uh, Keith Richards. <laughs> Keith Richards, yeah. Too. Uh, so, a lot of people don't know this, but Mark is a Rolling Stones person. So I go. And it's kind of an amazing night, you know, you, you can't not like Willie Nelson. And there's a lot yeah. of people there that, that Keith Urban was there, right? Was he? I don't know. Nothing that I was there. Well, they did walk it... out the, uh, the, the living corpse of Chris Christopherson though. And he's saying, <laughs> he's saying with Nora Jones. But, but, uh, I thought it was, uh, the whole thing was an evening of Keith's. Like, <laughs> Keith, and... no, that was another night. Oh. I, I missed that night. And but Toby it, Keith it was, didn't was, make it because they reversed again, see, his name. I make a name. joke about Christopherson that's heinous. But I like the guy, but sometimes you can't help yourself. So anyways, he did all right. Christofferson did all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was Freedom's just another word. Yeah, yeah, it was like that. It, it, oh, did you yeah. see it? No. It was, but they did, I think it was Sunday morning coming down. I don't remember. Uh, I'm not a Keith Richards fan. Uh, you mean a Chris Christofferson fan. Keith was great. Keith can't shut up right now. I, all of a sudden, the Rolling Stones do nothing but talk anywhere they can. Um <laughs> Because they're but sober. Anyway. They got sober and now they. Yeah, they, but they put out in. this new record. Keith just, he loves to talk all of a sudden. Um, Wait, I'm sorry, what accent was that? What was that? I don't know what it was. That, Casey, do, will you uh, Google whatever that yeah, yeah, the voice it, was and tell me what region of where put in, in the, the world translator it is. App. But, anyways, Dave Matthew comes out and he's amazing. Yeah. So I got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I really, I, cause I'd always heard for years that he's a great musician and he really is, but I didn't come away from it, you know, doing any more research. Mm-hmm. That was enough. I understand he's amazing. I'll pull back a little bit. Now you must have, uh, I think, I think you implied this, uh, uh, experiences with meeting people that you diss. Yeah. I don't, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, div- I'm, I don't do it as much as I used to. And you know what's weird about my podcast is that anytime anybody has wanted anything taken out after the fact, it's always when they talk about somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. That, make, that makes sense. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've dissed some people and. But, and then had to uh, have an, ex, you know, a personal interaction. Sure. But them. there, but sometimes with those people, there's just an understanding that I have the feelings I have. Yeah. <laughs> like for instance, you know, Pete Holmes, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Birbiglia, they understand that for whatever reason, uh, I have some issue and, <laughs> and don't care. And they don't care. No, <laughs> they're like, well, Marin's, I don't, you know, like uh, Mike, I think has got to the point where it's like, I don't want to even deal with him. I love Mike. I love yeah. Mike. And I'm not saying he's not, he's not a, a good guy. He's a good comic. Yeah. Uh, but, but something early on. Something rubbed you the wrong way. Yeah. And I just can't unload it. I've tried. <laughs> yeah. I've meditated on it. I've had him, <laughs> I've had him, uh, I've had him host my show. He hosted like an anniversary show. I did everything I could. To make that, you know, to to ease that. And again, I, I don't have anything against him. There's just, like one time I was in Montreal and Mike and Pete came at me together. And I, I didn't even know what to do. <laughs> and I it's, just saw Pete recently. Well, Pete's a big talker. Mike's kind of quieter, you know. Uh, uh, but Pete will 
I just take over you, a conversation. Yeah. Well, yeah, know? I mean, and not listen. Hmm. Uh, but we don't need to to swag him. He's doing fine. I I think I, you I'm not I'm not slagging him at at all. But I was, I, and you know, it's like uh, you know, P P hasn't had it that easy. Mike is, you know, he's, they put their work in, whatever. Yeah. yeah no, they're, I, but they're I, both, they, I, they seem to entertain people. I, uh, you know, as I said, uh, uh, I've known Mike a lot longer and, and I have known you know better. Mike, than... do, do you know the Mike Birbiglia story that I have? It's no. one of the best moments of my life. And it really should have been enough for me to let go <laughs> of whatever. What pe- was it? Well, I go, I'm in Sleepwalk with me, that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because he couldn't get a tell or something. So <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> wow. So, and a tells number 47 on the list. So yeah. uh, well, of what, of who he'd want. In the- <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, no, I think he had another guy. He had that guy, uh, well, I forget it. It doesn't matter. So I do sleepwalk with me and we're in at Sundance with the movie and we're waiting in the lobby for people to come down. And, and Mike's telling me this story about how, you know, he was on the streets in New York and he saw Chris Rock out on the street and he thought like, you know, he's finally at a level of stand up that he could, you know, and the unknown guy, they mm-hmm. could go up and say hi to Chris and right. Chris would you know, know him. And mm-hmm. so he does that. And, you know, he talks to Chris for a while and Chris is very nice. And and basically at the end of the conversation, you know, Chris was sort of like, "So, you, what's your, so you, what's your name?" Like, where, like had no idea who he mm-hmm. was, but was you know nice about him doing comedy and everything. So it was a little embarrassing for Mike, I think. And I swear to God, dude, we're we're in that lobby, and and Chris has got a movie up there, and he walks in with Joiner and his entourage into mm-hmm. the lobby mm-hmm. and sees me and Mike on the couch. He goes, "Marin," <laughs> and you know, I stand up, I say hi to everybody, and Mike has to introduce himself. Because he doesn't know Mike at all, and then like, and it's yeah. his movie. Well, it was just that it had happened again, right? Yeah, you know, literally right after he told me the story that Chris. Oh, had well, no- I, I didn't make that connection. Yeah, he was yeah. telling you that story, and the, then Chris. Ah, <laughs> that's funny. And uh, and we sat down, and Chris leaves, and and I said to Mike, I said that was really great for me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did Mike say? He's like, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. you know, like yeah. <laughs> I it's, I'm uh, there's some people I just I I'm mean to, and I feel bad about it. I have two. Or three personalities that engage. What do you mean? Is this well, okay I, if I do this? Oh, yeah. I just I noticed little, that I, you know, I have different tones. Like for you, like who I've known forever and, and people, there are people that can know the real me despite mm-hmm. whatever kind of asshole I am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. That, you know, that there is a, a group of, of comedians and friends that are sort of like, well, Mark's going to do a thing sometimes. And, you know, and that, and I appreciate it because then I can be comfortable. But they're the people that I don't let in. And that thing's kind of operative. Right. This defensive. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the, uh, you've discussed this a million times. And, uh, but you, uh, you're a markedly different, more tolerable person since you cleaned up. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, and you since were, I got a little were, confidence and a little success, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, a lot of it was a mixture. I think more of it had to do with, you know, just finding my place or, or having some success than it did with sobriety. I think that my bitterness and feeling left out was more of an obstacle than drinking. When did you feel left out? Because you you had a lot of, I mean, there was there was a period when you had come back from LA where you were 
super cocky and you were still drinking and stuff. That was the beginning, right? That was way back. I mean, when I came back as a kid in my 20s, when I first reunited with you mm -hmm. in Boston in like yeah. 87, 88. Yeah. A little, a little later than that. Maybe. It was, it was yeah. when you were, because you were at the store and you were- A doorman. Yeah. Right. And I came back, I left- I ended up back, up back in Boston. And you were also getting work. You were getting work uh, uh, from, uh, you know, that was uh, Paul and Bill. and 89. Because I, I came okay. in second in the riot in 88. Mm -hmm. And then I just started working those one-nighters. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was, uh, yeah, but I mean, that was not the kind of success that was going to make me feel good about my, I mean, I was happy to be working. Yeah. But I mean, like once every everybody really locked into show business, you well, know, you I was still doing you presented yourself as success and you presented yourself as... I had, I was a, cocky. Cocky and a little bit like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know who I've been to LA and I'm yeah. kind of a big deal and I well, tour with Sam and, you Well, know. I hung out with Sam and I toured with him. But yeah, no, I yeah, was, yeah. Well, I was I mean, full of some sort of weird swagger. I, yes. I don't remember that guy, but he must've been unbearable. <laughs> it was, it was rough. Uh, there was one time, I don't know if you remember this, uh, we were at Catch and we, I, I'm trying to picture it. We were on the stairs. I can't remember if you were coming up the stairs oh the brian story was that the guy where you were going what the fuck are you doing no, yeah here? why don't you just go home? why don't you go home <laughs> it was so cruel and you were right you in a you were right the I guy still, i feel i still feel like i owe that guy an amends you know like i it was awful i mean it was really rude but i mean in the sense such, he's such a like a weird kind of you know nerdy guy that just would come and it was he was always struggling but you know he kept Yes. Here's the thing, though. I, when somebody does the same five-minute set for years at open mics, doesn't ever write another joke. Do you still do a Dave Farbudo impression? <laughs> Wait, don't we all? Um, the, the ice cream. Uh, no, no, the ice cream. He goes, there were two jokes that, uh, was, but was, he, he, the two jokes were, um, I, saw two, I saw two red things today. I saw... An American Airlines with all four engines and a house in Lynn not on fire. <laughs> and he. What about the it, ice cream one? Does anybody like watching a kid drop his ice cream or something? Remember I don't remember that oh, one. God. And then the other one I remember. But the thing about it was I didn't realize he was saying rare yeah. uh, for years. I thought he was saying weird. Oh. I saw two rat things today. <laughs> saw American Airlines, uh, American Airlines plane with all four engines and a house in Lynn not on fire. That was okay, and then um, all right. That's six seconds, and then uh, and then the other one that uh, I was like, "Hey, honey, you got any more of that stuff that burns my arm?" <laughs> that's it. It wasn't ice cream; it was burns my arm. And uh, were you there the night that uh, Amir or James Lemur, as he was known then, was was sitting in the back, and we were all in the back on the by the bar, and uh, <laughs> and Lemur kept saying with the back on. Hey, honey, because that's so many of his jokes yeah, yeah, had yeah. a talking to his wife. Hey, honey. And he and he was like looking out, you know, on that little stage and kept looking yeah. kind of towards out to the center. And we were over by the bar and and he's just wasn't equipped to deal with that kind of minor little like. Uh, <laughs> Who, Barbudo okay, was? Barbudo. Yeah. And then and uh, and then Lemur kept going. Hey, honey. And, uh, you know, ha, okay, well, the guys are giving me shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. And then he started crying. Oh. And nobody really foresaw that. Nobody wanted that to happen. But And you wouldn't expect a guy to 
stay on stage and tear up. I'm just trying my best here, you know. Oh, I, uh, so it was awful. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Lemur, Amir was kind of a bully. He was. And, yeah. you know, he's one of those guys that I, I couldn't forgive. Like, because there was a, a period there where... You know, he was trying to do something recently, you know, within the last five years, you know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get this thing going, I'm doing some stand-up again, this or that, and he's like, you know, he's bothering me to be on the podcast, I couldn't do it. Because, I, like, he was a guy that would, he was, I don't like people that make you the joke and you don't know it. Mm-hmm. That bothers me. It's like sort of a pranky thing where you don't know, they're fucking with you. And there was just some, I can't even remember. Well, that's a lot of what I do, not on, on stage, but just in my personal thing, I'll, I, I, if I'm understanding you, uh... well, no, it's more like you know, like if you were talking to a group of guys, mm-hmm. and then you're like, "Oh, there's Marin. I'm gonna go watch this," that kind of thing. Oh yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. No, that's that. But I, uh, I thought you meant if like, I just say weird shit sometimes. No, when I'm... no, I think he was really kind of a weird bully, that guy. Mm. And uh, but it's all right. He's fine. I mean, it was also like. Uh, I can't even remember what the the reason was, but you know, it was he had hurt me enough at some point in time where I just I didn't want to deal with him. No, that's your prerogative, man. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, you get to do that. One gets to do that. If you're like, hey, you're going to keep fucking with me, the yeah, the uh, easy, obvious response is like, fuck you. Yeah. I don't, and not in like I'm not going to ruin your credit rating, but I'm going to. No, I just don't have to engage I with. Don't you. engage with you. But those times where I guess I was kind of like, I, I remember that Louis used to have this story about where he didn't like me, you know, because of this swag yeah, or whatever, yeah. but I was working. The, the the reason that Louis decided to like me was that I was working at the coffee connection. Remember upstairs from catch. I worked at the coffee. Oh, connection. God, yeah, that's right. Yeah. In the garage. The connection. Wow. Yeah. And yes. one time I think you and him came in to have coffee and Louis just saw me behind that counter all fucking bitter and I was squirting the dishes mm-hmm. with one of those dishwashers and somehow or another he's like that guy's all right <laughs> he's, 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 he's he's being come, humbled every he, day yeah he's come down several yeah. pegs um, <laughs> yeah Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yeah, it, it, it was, there were, we're speaking of an era that I don't think will really happen again. I'm not sure. I don't know if what the kids are doing, but I, there's got to be some versions of it in some of these local scenes. Like, I'm old. Like, I don't even stay at the comedy store past 11, and I know something happens. Yeah. You know, they're definitely out there drinking and, you know, doing drugs. Yeah. And- I, you know what? That's the second time in this podcast I'm going to take back something I said. Like, that's ridiculous what I just said. Of course it's going to happen. And it's going to happen in every art form, in every culture. Uh, that was such an old person thing to say. Like, Not ah, really. The, I, I think... The difference is, is that we were closer to the source of something. Like, 
it changes as we get further away. Like, you know, we were the that's interesting. Yeah. Second or third, we were like the third generation of of st stand up. So like there mm -hmm. is sort of a of modern stand up. You right. know, it sort of happens in New York with whoever with the original Catch Rising Star people. Right. And then there's the next generation. And we were as it gets further out, there's more and more comics and you know, there you know, there's less and less originality in a lot of ways. Like I think because a lot of times what I notice is when I see younger comics, it's almost like Commedia della Arte. You know, there's there are these stereo there are these types mm -hmm. that there's like, I don't know, eleven types or like and comedy is the same way. It's like, oh, I've seen this kind of this guy before. Right. Like it runs through people. It's right. kind of interesting. It is. That is interesting. And and it's it was definitely a scene that was burbling and starting to be created. You and know. we were up against a very dug in oh, old God, school yeah. scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that was the weirdest that, thing. Well, you there were some people who cracked it. You cracked it. Louis cracked it. Uh, I mean, th some of the the kind of like the people that would become. uh you know, uh, part of uh, what they now call alternative or whatever the the different approach. That, right. Uh, yeah, you guys stuck with the alternative, but I, I guess we were able no, to but, play. But you cr you had a foot in both worlds. Yeah, you yeah. Cracked it, and Louis definitely cracked it, and uh, uh, Janine to a certain uh, part was. Uh, I mean, she basically invented that whole thing, and 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 then eventually became. I don't know, know how I did those gigs, dude. I yeah. mean, I don't know how the, the angry kind of like sweaty Jewish guy that I was would go do those one-nighters. I can't picture, because like you had to be fortified. You know, you yeah, remember doing it was, them. It, they, those were rough. And you had those to like rough. have a strong open. I don't know how I did it. Like I I, I, I still have that killer spirit. I mean, I, I go out and do clubs and it's important to do well. But like at that age with what I was talking about, I don't know how I did it, but I did a lot of them. Yeah, I mean- that's how we made money, you know. Yeah. That's how we uh, go over to Barry Katz's basement, oh. get the directions from Nina. Yeah, like look at this piece of paper. Like it's three hours. <laughs> and what are you getting? Forty seven five dollars to what? open. You got seventy five. Yeah. I got forty five. <laughs> so there was. I, I oh wait, did you get egg rolls? It depends where I went. Yeah, yeah. If I, if I was a Johnny E's, what about Jimmy's and Dedham? <laughs> oh, that's you. The biker bar. You want me to tell that story? <laughs> Have you told it a million times? Were you there? I'm from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't there. Oh, you just know the story. Tell, I think, uh, God, who was there? Uh, I think it was... I've been there. I did it. That was the one where the mic was up in the corner and the bar was over here and the people were here. Like, wasn't... No, the one I'm thinking of... No, it was definitely Jimmy's and Dedham. Yeah. Where it was like a separate... You, there were like three steps. Yeah. And there was like a flat yeah. area and the yeah. stage is here. Radio, sh Radio Shack mic yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, PA yeah. system up here. But no wall. The bar no, is no. just literally yeah. right yeah. below it. Yeah. And then everybody's milling about. Guys, you got to understand, these, these gigs were just Some awful. Them, yeah. They were torturous. And uh, um, yeah, I think it was... Uh, I was with... Maybe DJ Hazard, I think. And I was opening for, for DJ. Um, and I go up there. And so there are all these people in fold-out chairs. And they are drunk. I mean, yeah. these people are It's a biker bar in Dedham. And packed. Saturday night. And there's this little stage. It's like but that much off the ground. Again, yeah. like tinny Radio Shack. Yeah. Like, and I go up there. And there's a guy like this sitting in the front. Like this. 
and uh sorry for if you're listening arms crossed and just scowling yeah and uh i mean i'm not five minutes into the set and uh this guy stands up and he starts walking towards me and the and everybody in the crowd is going like oh shit here comes sully sully's gonna do something I go, all right, okay, here comes Sully. And he stumbles his way to the stage, not in a, like a violent or threatening way. And he stands next to me, and I have my the mic in my right hand. And, and, and I go, all right, Sully wants to say something. And I put the mic out yeah. like this, and he, from the side, gives he's a big guy, gives me this massive bear hug, lifts me up, and the mic is at my face. Like this, like, okay, and then he starts licking me. On um, all up and down my face, and it was awful and humiliating. But, and but uh, uh, another way to look at it—that's the nicest thing a Sully could do. <laughs> In terms of what he Sully, likes you. Yeah, everybody's like, going, "Oh, he likes you. He likes the comic." Look, Sully likes yeah. the comic. In terms of what Sullys are capable of, generally speaking, that's, that's a good point. I never thought of it that way. It was so humiliating, and I was—I drove. Uh, I drove, you know, when you're the opener, you got to drive the uh, comic, pick them oh up, all that. God. And I, so I had to stay there. I had to sit <laughs> after wait, all that sure. and yeah. wait for an hour after I like went to the bathroom and like, you know, washed and scrubbed the side of my face. I had to hang out there and people were like, ah, oh, Sully guy, you know, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Stick with it. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That was, that oh, was one driving. top, top three worst, uh, awful experiences. Oh my God. So humiliating. I can't like. There were so many of them. And some of them, like, you look forward to. Like, the Taunton Regency was a hotel gig, and it was a full weekend. And it was in a conference room, like, the tiered conference room. But it was a good gig. Like, it was a I, I never did gig. that one. But, yeah, like, uh, well, what's the what was the one in um, Woonsocket? Oh, no. I it was remember. great. I looked forward to that. There were a handful. Because I didn't do Pancho that well. Villas in uh, Lemonster. <laughs> that was one. Frank's in Franklin. Frank's and Franklin was great. Yeah, and because the Frank was always drunk. Yeah, the owner was great. Yeah, yeah he was just wasted and he'd yeah. have problems. Yeah, I remember it was Oh, all Frank's right. was great. And, yeah. and, and, you know, I did not do nearly as well as you did. I was, I, I, I've said this before, I'm very, very, very lucky that I benefited from the comedy boom happening when it happened. And there were gigs every single night and yeah. in a, in a, Bowling alley or uh, uh, yeah, Bennigan's or in Rhode Island, everything. I mean, yeah. every room, Chinese restaurants, they had, uh, and they needed to fill, they just needed bodies. Yeah. So I was able to get the work, even though I bombed constantly. I and, know, um, dude. And I was, I, you I know, went, power- I went to, the, I, and I feel bad about it. Like, there's one thing that sticks in my mind that's the best thing that you ever did to me, really. And it was recently, I can't remember on which time, which show that I was talking to you on. Because I I remember you doing what you did, and I always thought it was hilarious. But it was hard to go up cold, and you start in whichever character, whether it was yeah. the gay guy or yeah. or one of the uh, you know, and you're doing the wheelbarrow joke, and you're doing. I, I used to go up as uh, when because people nobody knew who I was as a fake yeah character, uh, yeah. southern gay guy. Yeah, and that was the best. Yeah, I don't know if you're laughing at me. Or I don't with know if y'all are laughing at me or with me. Oh, Napoleon. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Napoleon the dogs. Napoleon Dynamite, I think it was. Uh, and so I, I have two Pekingese dogs, and they. The the weird thing is that I look like you know I had more hair back then, yeah. but I also look like a stoner loser, yeah, kind of yeah. acid guy, you know. And yeah. I had a beard, just like 
I the voice wasn't the right voice, right. and uh, and the guy with throat cancer. I do oh, that. That was one. good, yeah. Um, but so it was not, you know, it wasn't a good audience warm up. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, not at all. <laughs> and he would go first, and I remember we went up, we went up to the front in Vermont. It was me and you. And you were opening, and it's a big ass room. I think the, I think I did well at the front usually. I, I, uh, maybe maybe once you got later along. I just remember yeah, it was before okay. you were headlining, and you went up with me, and you went up first, and they didn't know what to do with you. Right. And I just remember I, I was at the side of the stage going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've, I can I I have numerous people I can say. Uh, Tony B did that. We did an outdoor show at a college, which is those are too bad. Uh, yeah, too, yeah. That's a bad combo. Yeah. 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 And I went up and, uh, uh, and there were hundreds of kids yeah. and, um, and I just ate it in a way where they, somebody fairly quickly was like, oh, let's yell at this guy. That'll be more fun than what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. And then, so they all started yelling it and I see Tony V and I'm supposed to do 20. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm four minutes in and I see Tony on the side of the stage like, I'll do it. I'll I'll fill in. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but what you said to me was, it was like a, it was a really great moment. I think about it fairly often. Where because of all these stories and because of the the balls you had back then to tank, hmm. you know, I remember I was just telling you like you know, and this is and fairly recent. I'm like, God, you know, it's amazing. I mean, like, who knew you would have been the guy. You, that I, got I remember successful. you saying that. And and then Dave looks at me and goes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, of course, that's all of us have to. Right. I do remember you saying that. And Ben, it made me, not in a bad way, but it made me rethink things in the goal of like, okay, I'm in here the whole time. Yes, yeah. I think I'm going to yeah. push through this. Right. But what do people see? They see this weirdo guy who uh, is you know not uh they don't understandably think i'm trying to do well i am trying to do well i'm not purposely i think there's a misconception bob uh says this all the time like yeah you love bombing and you you go up there and try to bomb I'm like no i don't ever i mean if they'll, they'll I'll, I'll take a turn i'll i'll yeah. i'll drive off the cliff if, but i'm trying to i'm trying earnestly to you know but hope there, but everybody the, comes the, along for the ride but i think that that is a misframing because what's res like what's amazing about it, and it's not even on purpose. Or there are certain people like it's not like you had some other default. You weren't going to just start doing crowd work, right? Like right. you know, this was what you did, right? So take it or leave it, because there wasn't sort of like I got to I got to change gears here. Yes, I did not. I I you weren't going to pander, right? Yeah, I guess that's a difference. I, I yeah. Guess, yeah. Um. But that's a belief in self. Yeah. That's not like, it's not bombing on purpose. No, not at all. But I also, I also truly, I thought there was something, there was uh, artistic merit to staying true to that too. Right. And I found that more interesting and more satisfying than, oh, I'll, I, I can turn this around and get a bunch of laughs if I do the, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the joke about the, yeah. my penis was stuck in a thing, you know, whatever it was. Well, it's weird when you have these bits, when you actually learn how to do comedy in those rooms where you, the only way you know you're really doing badly is if you do your closer, like the third joke oh, in. Oh, dude, that's, 
Yeah. When you, that, you oh. I'll do the big guns. Yeah. And if I can't get them, then and then you do your closer five minutes in, and that doesn't go well. And you, you can you know people's closers. You know uh-huh. you know you're working with people you're familiar yeah, with, sure. and you get that sense and like, uh oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is not going to be good. Do you know that Bob Batchelor story that I love to no. tell that only comics sort of get? Do you remember that guy Bob Batch? Yeah. yeah. He's the one that he did the signs, the signs right? Yeah. yeah, he did yeah. the signs. And that, I don't even think that was his bit because I know other people do it. Maybe they took it from him. But the idea was the signs. <laughs> he didn't take it from him. I don't think so. The signs were like they were Southern words. You know, they were spelled a certain like he'd, he'd hold up a sign that would say like M E E R F I R M I N I T, and you'd be like, "What is that?" And you'd be like, "Come here for a minute." You know, come here for a minute. Yeah. So it was these Southern things. That he would phonetically or whatever write out, and that was the big closer. So I, anyway, so I'm I'm doing the one nighter with him. And we got to drive far, like New Britain, Connecticut was yeah. a nothing place. It was near a sub base, and no, that was Groton. Was that Groton? Groton was a sub base. Was it a little like fifties diner kind of place? Groton, no. The place, the gig was. Oh, it was on that one little. Yes, it was. No, not a diner, but you went downstairs. I think it was an old bank or something. It was a very small. Yeah, little yeah. strip. Yeah, I just remember that they. It was, I think it I was, did that with you. Maybe. Yeah. But it was a long drive. Yeah. So I'm driving there with Bob, and like seriously, you know, the whole because these guys come in from out of town, and they book these one nighters, and the openers got to drive them. So and the whole way down, he's like, I don't know how you get on Letterman. I mean, I don't. Uh-huh. You know what the fuck you got to do to get on Letterman. I mean, I've been doing this for, you know, for eight years. You know, I'm funny. Like, it was that. Oh, God. And I'm like, I don't know, man. You know, so we get to the gig. And I, I know it was early on for me doing those gigs because I did everything I had. Mm-hmm. It was like 25 minutes, two-man show, half-hour opener, and then 45. So I do everything I can. There's nine people. And I remember there was, a, a like, a guy in a wheelchair. It's not important, but I just want you to see it. It is important. So nine people. It's important. And a guy in a wheelchair. Because that's one less guy you can fuck with. Yeah. You had nine people you could fuck with, and now you can't even fuck with that guy. So, like, I do everything I got, you know, and I bring Bob Batch up. And I don't know, like, you know, I don't know what happened, you know, but I maybe I went to the bathroom. But, like, very early on in the set, you know, he's I- got the signs. No, no. He's, he's doing, he's talking like he was in the car. He was like, I don't know how you get on fucking Letterman. Oh, Why am no. I here? Oh. And he's like, and the audience is like, what is happening? And he's losing it. He's oh. losing it. And I've never done this again. It was the only time I did it, but there was not enough people there for this to be happening. Mm-hmm. It was going to be a long, horrible thing. And I just stepped out in the audience and said, hold on, whoa, 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 whoa Bob, let's just, let's take it easy. You know, maybe, you know, let's, let's just take it easy and, you know, get restarted. You know what I mean? Like, wow, let, that's smart. That's, uh, and, that, and, and to be that early into the, into yeah, but like, you know, but he's up there like, fuck. So what do I do? And I'm like, do the signs, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to like the signs, Bob. Yeah, the signs are, it's going to kill. I don't want to give anything away, but mere for a minute? Yeah. Come on. That's classic. And he's like, really? And I'm like, classic yeah. batch. And he, he did the signs. And I don't know how we got through the whole time, but. Oh my God. Boy, that's, that's really, that's good of you. That's human. You know, that's. Uh, yeah, but it's, I don't know if it was correct. I should have just let him eat the shit for however long he was going to eat it for as a comic. You know, I, just it, to have the story and entertainment. Well, no, just because like, I don't know how I would react if I was on stage losing it. Cause back then people snapped. It doesn't yeah. happen anymore. <laughs> I mean, you could be in that scene. There was no end to like Crimmins or Jay Charbonneau. You could go to any club and, you know, pretty much 
50-50 chance a comic's going to lose his fucking mind. Mm-hmm. And Crimmins taught me a very, he taught me a lot of things, but uh, he taught me a very valuable, early on, he's like, I'm not going to give shit to the, I'm not, the comics who go and there's, you know, only 42 people out of 200. Yeah. Don't give them shit. They showed up. They're here to see you. Don't bitch about how you didn't right, fill right. out the room or they didn't, pro- like, you do a show for those people who yeah. came to see you. And I always appreciated that uh, um, attitude, you know, yeah, as you, opposed well, you to people have get to have up, it. like, because people will make that their opening minute, sure, you know, going sure. like, oh, it's a good thing uh, we only got, what, 42 people in here. Yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah. Christ, what am I supposed to do? You I'll know, do and that like, sometimes. At know. theaters, I'll be like, well, you know, they darkened the balcony, so it feels like a whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, but do, that, you don't give shit to the people that showed up to see. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, they all get a kick one, out of one it. One doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, well, yeah, Crimmins was. Some, I just remember almost every show he used to do at Stitches. At some t- at some point, he'd get exasperated. Oh, and he'd yeah. say, he'd say, "Okay, there are three branches of government." <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, there's a character I did in uh, uh, what was it? It was the thing that was in Aspen. Whatever the. Oh yeah, comedy yeah. HBO comedy HBO festival. comedy festival. Was it the American Flag guy? No, that was based on a real guy here in LA. I'll tell you that in a, in I a love second. That one. Uh, this was a character before Mr. Show. Uh, it was when Bob and I were right. It was uh, it was uh, cross comedy. Uh, the way it, yeah, it was that was the, the guy. Thing. I was there at the beginning, but we we've told that story a million times. Well, maybe my listeners don't know that uh, that we that cross comedy was a, a sketch troupe put together a catch a rising star. You know, yeah, and it was me, you, Dombrowski, Chuck Squire. Well, you were you were Bob. integral in the, the creation of it, yeah. and uh, and Robin Horton, the the booker yeah. catch, gave it the name, and uh, and then you were you pushed you you because I, I had no drive. You know, yeah. I was happy to just get high, play softball yeah, during yeah. the day, yeah, and go see bands and do stand up, and yeah. and. And you, uh, like a lot of people in my life, like, uh, you know, Bob and, and uh, several people and s- people at Sub Pop pushed and said, hey, you should do this. Yeah. Do this. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you were quite uh, uh, very much responsible. And we had that. the guy, the people that would come in wanting to rent the apartment and, you know, from the back hallway. And yeah, Oh, and, that was a good one. I yeah, forgot yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That was a good bit. Yeah. We did all these sketches and then you guys are like, we're going to LA to do this sketch thing. And I'm like, I'm a comic. I'm going to New York, and boy, did I fucking! I don't know that I regretted it, but right. <laughs> that was the that was the separation of paths. Like you guys went to L.A., and then I went to New York and just grinded it out for yeah. years. And I was part of a, a you know one of the most important movements in modern comedy. Totally, the most important thing. The, the, and you the, were and you were. Uh, I was at the Boston Comedy Club for <laughs> nine people yelling about why there weren't more people there. <laughs> the purity of yeah. stand-up. The pure. All right, so what about this character based on Crimmins? Oh, it was uh, uh, it was one of those shows, right? And I had I went up there. I can't remember the character's name, but uh, I had uh, what was it? Not my land. I had something uh, Alka Seltzer, yeah, uh, in my pocket, right. that nobody could see. And I oh, went up there right. with a blazer. I remember this. Right. And I uh, went up there, and again the the voice doesn't really match the look you know but i was just like um and i did some fairly decent political Political jokes jokes, right right, uh i had a good like 90 seconds minute two minutes of decent like 
Crimmins type, uh, and he was a genius, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, stuff. But this thing that I did was based on what I saw him do several times. Uh, and, you know, it's a theater in Aspen. It's so, they're taping it, yeah, and yeah, no yeah. one knows who the fuck I am. Yeah, yeah. And I just go, I say something about the uh, Chilean grape, you know, yeah. something about uh, the Chilean, you know, might as well have Chilean, uh, Chilean grape farmer do it. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, of which yeah. it shouldn't. I mean, it was designed yeah, yeah, yeah. uh uh, the Chilean grape farmers are uh, being you know, massacred by the grape cartel in North America. It's called capitalism, and that's how people and whatever. And I do, and I go off them for not knowing yeah, yeah. about which is a real thing he did about Chilean grapes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I and I like get exasperated, put my hand in my pocket, I put the without people seeing it, I put the Alka Seltzer in my uh, and I just start foaming at the mouth and screaming at them, Chilean fucking grapes motherfuckers <laughs> next time you have a grape and it was i can't remember how it ended Did it work uh yeah i oh, mean yeah. it was weird they yeah. they knew it was a bit at, at some that point. point yeah and i don't remember the rest of it or the context or how it ended but it was purely based on crimmins flipping out yeah. as he but I, you know i remember farting billy yeah, well, that was based on a real know, guy a real at guy. the the Montreal. But that was so funny. I, who, 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 Bob farting was Gary, on, farting, farting Gary. Farting Gary. Bob, Bob was on the offstage mic doing the farts, and you were on. the- No, Bob is. Bob was in the audience. Yeah. To and I, and I come out. And, you know, I, the part of why it works is he's just really earnest. Like, hey, everybody. Um. So. Uh, this guy, well, this guy. There was a guy up there that used lepe- to fart. Lepetamine. He'd fart like songs and stuff. Yeah. That was his act. His act was, and people loved it. He was a headliner, sold the, out. He was and he there would, during the, they, they have the, in he Montreal. He blew out candles have, on a, on a birthday the French cake. week. I think he was big yeah. with the, yeah. Well, he was international too. Sure, so international. he. Farts cross boundaries. <laughs> yeah. It's uh you don't, yeah. it's the language, the universal language. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah. And he would fart happy birthday or fart. It was just <laughs> the dumbest fucking thing. Like, how do you, how but, is this like a. 45 minute set yeah but like but you're amazed at how a guy can pull air into his asshole and fart well, on for purpose. a minute you're yeah. amazed and then he's like he blows out candles on a birthday cake and yeah. whatever and so yeah bob and i came up with fart and gary which is a guy who does the same thing uh and uh and he's just super like because this guy didn't talk he was french and he just was a more of a mime kind of thing and uh you know i was like hey everybody so my name's Spartan Gary, and I uh, da, da, da. have you ever gone uh, gone home for Thanksgiving, and then you open the door, and I'd stick the mic down, and somebody off <laughs> off uh, off stage would like, <laughs> and then you do, and just telling this dumb story, yeah, a, yeah. and then he, Bob was in the audience going with a, like a t shirt said I'm number one Spartan Gary fan or something like that, yeah. and he'd be like, ha, 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 that's wonderful, <laughs> and uh, okay, well, uh, oh, I love it, you're so good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he basically unintentionally usurps my act and people like oh, him and oh. he becomes famous. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. But I, well, uh, there was there was something oh the 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 shitting on the flag. Oh yeah, so yeah. That That is so funny. That character was named Spank and I was at do you remember the old y'all might know this the is it it was like the alligator or the crocodile it was a bar in uh Santa Monica? I don't know. This is this is way 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 back. Uh, it was either the alligator or the cro- well, the crocodile was in Seattle, so it was probably Alligator Lounge. I yeah. Think. And I'm there, and I think I'm there to see a band with Janine, and her friend, 
that she was excited to see uh, <laughs> turns out to be Pamela Alden, who I had just met that night. Pamela. Uh, uh, she's uh, uh, Louis's old. Uh, uh, oh, Adeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? I don't know. Oh, uh, apologies. Probably that. Um, so she comes in and she's like, uh, she's got a uh, contact sheet, the photo and a little gem loop. And she's like, oh my God, I just saw the most amazing artist or whatever. Oh, what? What's going on? He, uh, this guy, like, shit on the flag. And she's showing, she take pictures, she's showing me, uh, <laughs> like, she had a gem. So they, the, she couldn't have gotten developed in that past. Or maybe she had seen it earlier and, and but brought she took in a bunch pictures. of black and white pictures. A but, bunch of black and white yeah. pictures. And I'm looking at it, and it's literally just some you know, pseudo punk guy who has a stage and there's people, uh, it's like a square and there are all these people gathered to watch him shit on a flag. And and like, that is the most empty, dumb, childish, just empty bullshit that, uh, and I, and the fact that people celebrate it is so stupid to me. And, uh, and so that's where they came up with like, what about a guy who, just does it and just you know gets pee shy and can't do anything can't, pee, can't throw can't shit the whole the whole the, character was him just trying to either pee or shit on the flag and it doesn't happen and bob's really nice the guy's like his assistant like well what if you uh put your finger in water you want to try that yeah yeah all right give me some warm water what if did you have i had raisin bran i had a whole bowl of it i oh um what about <laughs> i remember i did a show in aspen it was like at the peak of Luna Lounge when all time mm-hmm. all comedy was happening. And I really only got involved with Luna Lounge because it gave me an opportunity just to riff and workshop. Like I wasn't thinking in terms of all comedy. I was still doing regular comedy, but they were just well, sort of Well, I think that's what the great thing about it is people were doing that yeah, and it, it gave you this thing day of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And but was... I remember like I was so into that mindset. And I was into that mindset too when I did my first HBO half hour, the one that we can talk about in a minute. Like, like it took me years to realize, like, dude, if you're going to do a special, fucking put an act together. Mm-hmm. Prepare. You know, like, I grew to really enjoy callbacks and structure. I leave room to riff. Mm-hmm. But, but it, you know, it's sort of just to go up there and, and fly, you know, without having some context. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's more rewarding to have an, an act that works. But... Well, they're not, they're not mutually exclusive. No, no, no. They, I, look, I even on both of all my specials, I definitely riff. Like mm-hmm. I leave freedom of mind. Mm-hmm. But there are sort of like, once I learn the trick of callbacks and how excited people get when you do them, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do those. Yeah. Why not? But uh, so I was in that can zone. I, can we say something right here for everybody? I challenge you in your next special to do a callback to something you did in your first special. Sure. Do it. Without qualifying it at all? No, don't qualify it. I'm serious. It'll okay. be cool. And then you can tell people and they'll be like, oh, wow. God, you got to really be deep Marin, you know, to really get that one. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, it's if you a, don't will, know. Trust me, dude, yeah. it will be so satisfying to people who yeah. do get it. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm going to come out smelling like a rose. They're going to be, boy, yeah, Cross is cross, brilliant. Really. That's a total Cross thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And he gave it to Marin. Yeah, yeah. So Marin's not even, he didn't, he stole it, basically. It's not stealing. I know, dude. So. <laughs> God. So I, uh, I'm in that zone for the Aspen thing. They're doing a thing called Kicking Aspen. It's just a comedy special. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. 
Well, here's the thing. So kicking Aspen. I'm, I'm doing this story. Kicking Aspen. What would they call it? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Well, you work on it. And so I'm doing this story that, you know, I put together for like an alt show. Why wouldn't they call it Kicking Butt in Aspen? I think that was the original title. Oh. And someone typed it up. Okay. Sorry. But uh, <laughs> So I do this story and it's like, and I'm tanking from the get-go. And it's a long story. So there's no getting out. Because it's like this thing that I thought was really kind of smart and funny about, you know, these uh, aging hipsters with their baggy leather. It, the whole premise was about a guy who, like based on one of these guys you'd see on the Lower East Side, you know, these older dudes with their leather pants that don't yeah. fit oh, anymore. Yeah. And they, they got the guitar and the pack and they're I'm just- Well aware. And, and the premise of the idea, the idea was that guys this guy- Guys still think they're, I, you know, I might be Dracula. Right. <laughs> well, the premise of the idea was, it was a guy who had made a deal with the devil but the devil couldn't do anything for him. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I executed this long story. What do you expect? He's the devil. Yeah, he's he's going to renege on everything. Well, but the, the, it's a second meeting. The, the idea was that he's got to take a second meeting with the devil. Right. And it's like, what's going on, man? And and the devil's like, there's, there's just nothing I could do. I mean, you're just not talented. But it was a funny idea, but it tanked so hard. Like it was sweaty tanking. <laughs> And uh, I just remember, like, I just wanted it behind me. I was sad that it was on a show. And then when the, when when the, when they aired it on HBO or whatever, Ross Brockley called me up. He said, uh, hey, I just saw Dragging Aspen. <laughs> <laughs> Dragging Aspen. That was, uh, that whole story was just to get to that? Yeah, to Dragging Aspen. I, I prefer uh, Kicking Aspen. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um. <laughs> You know what? That must have been the the one where I went up as a uh, inspired by Brad Stein. You, you know Brad Stein. He's a Christian comic now, but um, he was before he was Christian comic. He was like one of these manic guys, like kind of yeah, yeah. you know, you know, yeah, a lot yeah, of noises yeah. and gesticulations, yeah, and yeah. and uh, and I went See another type, another type, yeah. And I uh, uh, I went up as. I think I even, I used the word Stein or something in there, but um, uh, my whole thing was, it was, ba it was some based on some old bit he did. Uh, uh, oh, Aspen? Why did, why did they call it Aspen? What, was butt pencil taken? And da, 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 And then it was like, all right, it's time for the magazines. And they, and Bob brings out the magazines. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, hey, it's kind of like the Kippadada thing where it's like, yeah. um, so... <laughs> I was talking to some people, and they said, who, us? And I said, you got the time? It's just dumb, stupid yeah. shit with all these magazines. Yeah, but yeah. but things about high energy and things that people, yeah. uh, acts that, you know, Kippadadas, yeah. yeah, yeah. you know. Um, Kippadada. Yeah, Kippadada kicked, when I was doing uh, open mics in, in Atlanta, and I was probably 18, yeah. and I'd go to the punchline at Sandy Springs, and, and you know, uh, we went there, and Kippadada was headlining. I think we were there to do. Open was he mic. closing with the test tube baby song? Uh, I think no. That was the he was doing the candy bar thing. Hmm. Uh, I took a bit of honey, or you know, I took oh, my right. bit of honey down to the. Did he? Is he dead? Casey, uh, <laughs> look up uh, Kippadada, uh, old stand up. Uh, he wore a I think hat. It's fedora, a d o t t a. Um, and uh, he kicked us out of. He was uh, doing a sound check. Yeah. And he kicked us all out because we couldn't see his K 
candy bar song. Oh, do you remember when? Uh, what? He's the, dead. He's, he's dead. dead. Yeah. There was. It was rumored. There was a story about him that he was so fucked up on stage in Vegas that he peed himself, which would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> As but, a closer, uh, I don't do know. Remember, do you remember it. when Bobby Collins took your tape recorder? Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. I was telling this to Sean Patton. I, I was touring with Sean. You know Sean? Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, he, this will be the last, the stand-up going down memory road. Okay. But I was opening in Charleston, South Carolina, and Bobby Collins. Bobby uh, Collins. Who was, who's just a lot of what we've been talking about is. I saw him recently. He looks the same. He's like not he, I, I imagine in the How same exact yeah. Act, yeah. act um, where he'd make up the guy. Uh, everything was like, so I get picked up by, uh, I get picked up by this guy. And he's like, uh, I go, what are you do, doing the, you know, what, what are we, uh, what are you doing this town for fun? And he's like, oh, uh, Mr. Collins, you want to go to the mall? No, I don't want to go to the mall. And he just does this whole bit yeah. that's premised on, it's a false premise. Nobody yeah. ever offered to take you to the mall and you or do it wherever like you that. go yeah and um and you're shitting on this guy for suggest mate you asked him to yeah where to do. is there to yeah. go in this small town and he suggested the mall which is kind of a legitimate answer and then you shit all over yeah. this made-up person anyway uh so he we're we're driving back the the uh, promoter of the club or whatever picks us up at the airport i think jack simmons was middling and uh and I'm in the back, and I'm. This is only like the third time I've been on the road opening, yeah. and uh, and and uh, you know he's the big headliner from New York, and he he says something uh, about uh, burkas, um, the 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 veils that. Uh, yeah. However, he he didn't call it a burqa, right? But uh, that you know Islamic women wear, and he said, yeah, they should have. He's sitting in the front. Yeah, they should have. Uh, um, you know, blinds or, or whatever you call them, you know, uh, right. roll them up. Yeah. yeah and, and, uh, um, and he goes, Oh, that's good. And I had a digital tape recorder, yeah. um, cause I taped my sets and he's like, Hey, uh, kid, give me a, uh, give me your recorder. And then he takes it <laughs> and he goes, uh, uh, Bobby, it's you. Uh, uh do the, <laughs> he said, Bobby, it's you. <laughs> and he, and he's doing the, uh, the thing about, uh, the, you know, uh, I ran women with the with the veil, but with the blinds. Yeah, and gives me back the recorder. Like, what do you think was going to happen to it? Are I, he was going to call you later so he can remind <laughs> I you? I don't know. I don't know. Then the two other memories I have—they uh, were all awful. Were uh, he threw me under the bus every show? Like he'd come out and he would find right something to. Yeah. he would just shit on me. Yeah. and uh, and then start his act, which I didn't appreciate and i would would never do that um and then this is the best and i will never forget this so i had uh i don't know if there were cds back then yeah there must have been cds so i had a cd walkman of elvis costello's latest album imperial bedroom best it's amazing and i'm listening i've got headphones on we're in the condo and he hasn't said anything to me really and i'm listening and he goes uh what, what what are you listening to? And I go, oh, it's Elvis Costello. Show him the CD case. He's like, yeah. And he gestures like, and I I give him the headphones. I don't remember what song it was. He listens for ten seconds tops, and he just takes his he- the headphones off and tosses them to me. He goes, he's ripping off the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> he's ripping off the Beatles. 
Elvis. <laughs> that guy. Okay. All right. We'll see if we can get some uh, super tramp and some uh, journey in here for you. That guy. I think about Carl once a month. Mm-hmm. What happened to that guy? I don't know. Mm. Um, I don't know. Remember him fucking the TV set? Eee, now I do. <laughs> I just we. I was talking to somebody else, uh, Janine. Janine brought up the time that she was there, and he had a mental breakdown and yeah. screamed, yelled, and went, and I slept with a knife uh, by my bed for real, and uh, it was crazy. The best I mean, that was a legit. He had a. I know he mental, had a mental breakdown. Break. We lived in a house full of people, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the loser museum no loser. no we're not this isn't the bob wilson thing this is the when we were in somerville no it was bob wilson's house no no the the thing with carl when, when he snapped i mean he snapped a couple times but this is a real snap but that when, was at that bob wilson apartment definitely no. was was it yeah okay that and they they put him he went in the mental hospital yeah, yeah, he did. And I just, I'll never forget, Matt Graham was sleeping on a couch there at some point. I used to sleep mostly in your room because you were mm-hmm. at your girlfriend's house. But I just remember, because we'd all sit around like a family, doing, you'd do the New York Times crossword and yeah, you'd make coffee yep. and it was crazy. Filled with smoke, cigarette smoke. Oh, it's crazy. And filled with other people's shit, just years and years of different people living there. Hours, yeah. Yeah. But and I remember- that was the place where you had to, when you went to the, take a shower, you had to tap on the, um, shower curtain to get all the cockroaches off oh yeah so it was a it was a bad place it was a but i but just remember Super but cheap. we all sat but we were like a little happy family there of comics i think at the time i was there it was you and me and matt graham and mm-hmm. bob and bob. then carl was in the hospital but i remember they you know carl was in the in the institution <laughs> and i said i just to the room i think i said uh, does anyone know uh if if carl's gonna get out soon and matt graham goes only if chief can lift the sink <laughs> <laughs> do you remember this is probably one of the lower lowest points uh is this the vibrant story yes oh yeah i remember you weren't part of that though were you uh it was me and matt and you bob were, i i would well, did you I come in with there, bob um, you must have come in with bob because i remember me and matt were, were drunk and fucked up and and maybe we had a little coke early on but we had sat down at that kitchen table and we were yeah. grinding up there was no, Vibrin. there were no drugs left. So there, no drugs so left. there so was the over-the-counter Vibrin. Vibrin, and we're and grinding crush, up and snorting. Crushing it and snorting it. And I, th- I guess you and Bob walked in, and I, in my recollection, Bob saw what was happening, and he said, I'm not going to tell anybody I saw this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he's passed, unfortunately, so uh, mm. he, it, it's up to me. All right, so you want to tell that, like, so I'm doing HBO Half Hour. Yeah. 1995. At the Fillmore in San Francisco. I think Janine was taping that week. A lot of people mm-hmm. taped that week. It was a great lineup. I, yeah. I remember seeing the And the Fillmore is this big room. And like, if I'm looking out of the stage, there's a balcony up here where they had the press. Yeah, it's a press. big uh, yeah. theater and, yeah. uh, and it's a live, not live taping. And I don't you know, think taping. I knew you were there, did I? I were you don't Janine? know. Uh, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure. It's not that relevant, really. But No, but when you told me what happened afterwards, I was like, oh, thank God. What, yeah. What was, what was it? It would have... So I was fucking hammered, wasted in, in a way that I rarely get that fucked up. And when I do get that fucked up, I'm all about, I'm going to climb the roof and then yeah, I'm going to you know, steal this thing. And, and that's very much what it was like. And then I... I had it in my head. Won't mm. won't it be funny 
and cool. Yeah. If I, well, Mark's in the middle of his act, and I knew his act somewhat, of uh, waiting for the moment to yeah. do it. If I go up and I interrupt him and I say, hey, man, uh, whatever, during in my fucked up crazy head. <laughs> and I'm on the side and there's somebody, a production woman who had blonde hair that we all knew who kind of let me didn't know what I intended to do, I but kind of let me person, get yeah. uh, on the on the closer than I would have. Uh, and I'm I, I'm there. I'm watching and I'm waiting and I'm thinking in my head, what am I going to do? I'll t- I'll say, hey man, can I borrow ten bucks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want that be cool yeah, yeah. and funny and what a great story. And then and I and I eventually it, there's it's a non-story because. Before I knew it, and I'm looking for my aunt before I knew it, uh, and I'm I'm kind of by the stage. I'm like yeah, ready yeah. to go. Before I knew it, uh, you're like, all right, that's that's my yeah. time. And I'm like, oh, shucks, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> and then, like, oh, told you about it. And with the understanding, like, what a dumb, it would fuck up my career. I'd be the drunk asshole who thought he was funny, oh, who tried were. to, and like, Dude, we're just gonna cut it out. Right. Yeah, what did yeah, you yeah. think yeah. was gonna happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like you would be, and you would go, dude, that was awesome. Like you would yeah. be appreciative of it. Uh, so fucking stupid. And I'm, and thank God, uh, you know, the, so the greatest funny. gift you ever gave me was saying good night and wrapping <laughs> it up. All right, Mark Marin, thank you so much for doing this. Now I, I end every show. With Do you a remember question. when you were doing those medical experiments? Yes. I'm sorry. Like yeah. Dave would d- take these jobs at do- being test jobs. subjects. Yeah, it was, you know, he would give blood, or he would like sign up for these these tests. It was lab. awful, and it was like for uh, an an antacid. And that was the second one. The second yeah, one but the, was the, uh, that one. The reason I remember it is like you didn't know whether you'd get the placebo or the stuff, and they'd make you eat a bowl of Wendy's <laughs> no, chili. Wait, wait, no, it's worse. What? It's worse. So. You go, uh, there's four weekends, right? You yeah. go from uh, like Saturday and then you're released Sunday evening. And you walk in and they have uh, big vats of Wendy's chili <laughs> and then Carlo Ponti or Carlo Rossi yeah. jugs of red wine, yeah. shitty wine. This is in the morning. This is like 10 in the morning. <laughs> and so the, it's four weekends in a row where you yeah. don't get paid. If you leave early, you don't get paid. So I go the first time and I'm hungover. I'm so fucking hungover. And I have like five bowls of this chili and drinking like five glasses of wine. I'm so hungover. And, you know, they give you the NS and you fill out the forms, whatever. And then uh, I come back the next week <laughs> and I'm not hungover at all. And they're like, okay, crossed. And uh, yes. Uh, you need to eat five bowls of chili. <laughs> it's like 10 in the morning. And let's see, six glasses of wine. I'm like, what? <laughs> They're like, it's a, you yeah, have they, to do this every weekend to match. Said- I'm like, no, no, I can't. But I desperately need the money. And I'm like, <laughs> so I sat there three more weekends. I just remember it was oh, like he'd awful. come home and they wouldn't give him the antacid. Yeah, it's a placebo. He just like, had this horrendous heartburn for like <laughs> days. It was terrible. <laughs> I had no idea you had to match what you had. I'm just like, oh, I'll take another uh, one. Sure, yeah, bro. Had to close with that story. <laughs> All right. Yes. So uh, I end every episode and thank you so much for doing yeah, this. Yeah, great is, to this see This is you. a treat. Um, with a question from my daughter. Um. So this is my daughter. I ask her to come up with questions for each guest. This is from my daughter, Marlo, six years old. Mark, why do trees take so long to grow? 
Well, you know, they, I think it's a, it's a long process of feeling it out. You know, they have to get the roots in. They're like, is this good? And then they keep going a little bit. So it's a, it's a gradual decision-making process on behalf of the tree. And what are they deciding? Whether or not to keep growing. Oh, really? They yes. have that? Yeah. So like- we, we don't know a lot about what these things are capable of. We're finding that more and more. <laughs> that a lot of times when you see a little tree, that guy's like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> the most Mark Marin response to that question I could ever hope for. Mark, thank you so much. Thanks, buddy. Sense is Working Overtime is a HeadGum podcast created and hosted by me, David Cross. The show is edited by Katie Skelton and engineered by Nicole Lyons with supervising producer Emma Foley. Thanks to Demi Druchin for our show art and Mark Rivers for our theme song. For more podcasts by HeadGum, visit HeadGum.com or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and maybe we'll read it on a future episode. I'm not going to do that. Thanks for listening. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>